Good morning, Mayberry. We aren't going to talk about the rebranding and conflation of slavery, fallout, general racism, and class war. We aren't going to talk about PETA activists de-anthropomorphizing black people to make their points right now. We don't have time. We're going to talk about whatever I edit in next. Because I'm the producer, I'm the host, and I made this music. I'm Shift Orion, and I'm not waiting on Superman. I be talking about centrists sporadically in different episodes, but I really want to go in on them right now. Fuck centrists. We need to marginalize them. We need to marginalize centrists. They're taking up too much fucking space and they suck. And so it's basically like this. You're on the train, you're on the BART. I'm in the bay, you're on the BART. And there's the splay dude, You know, like the splay dude. He's like sitting there, he's got a book and it's on one leg. He's got like his elbow on his thigh, you know, like just above the knee. And his knees are so far apart like it's just, he's taking up three seats at least, the seat his ass is in, and two additional seats for each fucking leg so that his splay, like he does not need that much room to breathe. There's no function for that shit in any way that is remotely reasonable in a public environment. And this, if the BART is empty, is one thing, but it's like the guy that doesn't recognize the train is filling up kind of energy, right? And these centrists are sitting in society just like that, taking up too much fucking space, more than they need to survive. And that's been the trend for generations. And it's, it's beyond that and has been for a while now to the point that they're splaying so far and acting, oh, we're so comfortable splayed out like this. And in reality, it's grinding their hips out of place. And they'd be like, oh, I got to go get my hip replacement now. Oh no. Oh no. You know, when that happens and they're doing it to themselves and they create, Oh, the, yeah, you know, you'll need to be cared for when you're healing from this treatment that you had to receive because of this thing that you do to yourself centrists. Right. So, um, fuck centrists, you know, like they're super boring, super fucking boring. And like, I don't know. My one friend, I, I was talking to somebody about uh, about liberals, which is a form of centrism. And, you know, that's it's funny because, like, we'll talk about centrists, but we never really, like, openly, boldly. It doesn't frequently enough get discussed that it's the it's the blending of the red and blue. In the, the agreeable parties of red and blue is that's generally centrism. I'm sure you can find other, you know, like th- there's going to be uh, ecocentric politicians that would fall into centrism too, where they're more worried about, you know, as I mentioned, the PETA activists de-anthropomorphizing black people to make their points. Now's a good time to address that. I just addressed it. We're done talking about it now. Um, if that doesn't speak for itself, I don't know how to help y'all. I get, if you need more help, DM me. Email connect at goodmorningmayberry.com and ask a fucking question, I guess. I'll do my best to come up with a way to help you if you tell me what's missing from the equation of liberals or centrists and the math around PETA activists de-anthropomorphizing black people. For fuck's sake, for real. They'd be like, it's like the prison industrial complex. It's like slavery. It's like, can y'all stop? It's like, can y'all quit it? So yeah, marginalize centrists. That's where I'm at. It's very simple. And in fact, 
I'm finding that people are expecting me to hold their hands on some parts of this. They're like, I would like to be a patron. How do I do it? You know, I'd like to buy some merchandise. The Good Morning Mayberry shirts, the official Good Morning Mayberry shirts. How do I do it? And I'm uh, inclined to give you directions if you're if you need um, me to send you a direct link, if you're frustrated and done clicking around, I totally get that. We are in the age of convenience and Instagram has now put the mall right under your thumb. Um, they just moved things right around. So the mall is right under your fucking thumb uh, all the time. And they Pavlov trained us to click there to see what we want to see to get our dopamine hits. That's where we would click for our dopamine hits. If you don't remember. And so now They've got the button in the same spot. I was good at not clicking on it. I didn't click on the reel either uh, more than twice. I, I got into the reel a couple of times because I post more than I check on the interplay with my posts. It should be noted, I'm not using any of the merchant features on Instagram because I am not allowed to because I do not have a Facebook account. I'm so sick of Zuckerberg's little manipulation tactics. He is so high on himself and has no capacity to relate to humanity as it actually stands, does not recognize the gravity of the harm that he brings to the world. And I'm sick of people giving him money and attention. I'm sick of giving him money and attention. Me being on his platform is problematic. And I'm planning an episode about um, I have been banned from Facebook, uh, essentially, it's been done in a very cutty manner, and it's, it's difficult to address the details of the play-by-play -play of exactly what happened because part of it does involve me being in violation of Facebook's policies. I did have two accounts at one point. Um, the reason for my ban is not that I had two accounts. And at the time, in theory, they were supposedly allowing people to merge accounts Right? They, were, they were supposedly helping people synergize their identities. The reason I had two accounts is because I was raised in religious communities and around a lot of people that I didn't want to have, I didn't want to have the social scene of Occupy and Oakland's radical leftists that I started meeting in tsunamis in 2011 and beyond, I wanted separate spaces to manage my social engagement with those very different worlds that my identity has to navigate through. So eventually, after a couple of years, after a few years, it was so I started the second account in 2011. In 2015, the second account, which was the primary account that I mostly used, I didn't really go on the other account, the account that I primarily used and started for Occupy. And eventually I added some people from my old account onto it, but one at a time selectively as I felt like they could all interact with each other without me constantly supervising every post that I post, you know? It was like I knew that I had the opportunity to provide people places to have conflicts because I knew who the multiple parties were that would be there, and I knew the content that I was posting, and it would just provide opportunity for people to be confronted with opinions that they're not prepared to process and I and I can't supervise it all the time you know so I just felt I just felt like it was it was safer for me and everybody involved to keep a barrier and be mindful about how I moved that gate and I don't I didn't understand that that wasn't my right to do with my own identity and and social communication processes I didn't understand that that would be completely foreign to how a proper person would have an identity according to Facebook's policies you know so 
they shut down my first account demanding an ID, which I was not, I'm never going to send them my ID. They're, they're irresponsible. I don't trust them. I don't really want to use them for data. I feel like I post too many pictures. I write too many of my thoughts and feelings, my own process. I'm in states of trauma and uh, rage and I, and I funnel it through those channels. And there is a very high likelihood that that will all come back to bite me deeply in the ass in the future because they are irresponsible with data and I'm handing it to them. I'm not giving them my ID. They're not a utility. They're acting like one, but they're not one. You know what I'm saying? Like to get PG and E, I might have to show my fucking ID, you know, to get internet for some purpose. If there's some reason they might ask for my ID, I'm going to show it to them to get the service. Facebook doesn't have the right to do that. And for them to creep in with a product that's peripheral and then take over business tools and become this absolute monopoly in order to have any real thorough experience of the internet, that's an act of absolute violence, that's corporate fucking violence, and to alienate human beings from it for whatever reason to create obstacles of interacting with it, especially for people that are in poverty, to be like, we have all the business tools, you can't come inside, ha 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 ha. That's been really limiting as a creative business person. And it's been traumatic for me to have strangers who are also creatives or public figures, speakers of whatever degree, kind of look at my identity and the way that my, my internet presence is and judge that to whatever degree. Because it's like when I post on Instagram, I, I'm, I'm grieving my Facebook. I curated that shit for years. You know, I was on there like back, my dad had an account at a certain point, like I had one and then my dad had an account and it was like, oh shit, dad's on Facebook. And he died in 2007. You know what I'm saying? So if I want to go and look at like our messages between us or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like not okay that they did this at me, to me. They harmed me. They stole me from me, you know? And I've tried reaching out to Facebook staff. I've met, I was at a Thanksgiving dinner one time and I was talking to somebody that was like, I work at Facebook. Yeah, I totally actually have access to managers that could look in detail into your account. We don't have any way for the general public to do that. We are allowed to bring situations to the table and talk to our our people about stuff. And then we bring it up to, we escalate it into policy meetings and we always analyze this kind of stuff. So it's good that you're talking to me about it. And then I mentioned that I'm hostile about Mark Zuckerberg and this person turned on me like a cult member does. And suddenly the help was gone. It's heartbreaking. Honestly, it's devastating. And the amount of loss I've already been through, I needed my community. Having that happen is such a unique, profound grief. And I'm not okay from it. Like I'm not okay with it. I have tried to get over it. People kind of talk down to me about it or like they get it, but then they kind of like, if people get it, then I'll open up more about it. And then it gets to a point where they'll lose track of what the reality is. So then it, it, it gets weird because I'll open up to people about it and talk about how much it's harmed me and all the different impacts it's had and why I'm not getting, why I'm not sending them my ID to just, you know, make it go away. And they'll forget that I'm not on Facebook sometimes. <laughs> Like they'll be like, oh, there's this thing on Facebook. Or like, you're, you're on Facebook, right? Or I'll find out they've been sending stuff to the account that I can't access. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? You know, like, I do have a phone number. I got an email. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Tumblr now. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, but yeah, I, I, I don't really want to be back in there. Like, I don't really want to be in Mark Zuckerberg's horrible, horrible spaces. Like, he creates these malls these house party environments, these like exhibit situations that are not, they're very toxic, you know, they're like not homey spaces and they're not comfortable spaces to, 
to be authentic in. Um, and they talk about community standards, but like, I mean, learning about the history of, of Zuck and what the fuck he was up to in the past um, and sort of what his life was like and his thought processes were like as a, as a kid and a, a teenager. Um, and then in college, it's just like, what the fuck, you know, like the, and this, let me know if this is an urban legend because I've Google checked it. And I, you know, if somebody's got something else to say about it, whatever, um, it just sounds so fucked up that I'm like, is this really real? Uh, but it's, it seems really real, you know, like initially Facebook was like a, a social rating system for, for these dudes that couldn't get the attention that they wanted from bitches. And so the poke was like whether or not they would poke somebody kind of thing. And they ended up continuing to employ that term as a slightly different feature in the public release of Facebook as like a disgusting Easter egg for like rapey vibes. So it's like little shit like that, you know, that I'm like, mm, I don't really want to be there. What is that place? And then they go switching shit. They get Instagram and they start switching the framework around so that they Pavlov trained us to click here. And so when we, I bet they tested this shit. I bet they like made the interface a couple different ways. And they were like, what's the best place to put this button to get people to click it as close to 100% of the time as possible. And the best place to put the real, which like pulls you into a, a hypnosis state is the posting spot. Instead of posting your own shit, suddenly you're like, oh, what is that? Right. And then the best place to post the to the best place for them to put the store button, the mall doorway, the entrance to the mall is where we get our dopamine hits. Right. And then they move our dopamine hits into a very awkward place that no button ever was before. They absolutely tested that shit. They absolutely did. Uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm torn all the time about the notion of, of possibly getting my Facebook back. I haven't pursued it in quite a while. There is no Facebook page currently because I rely on other people to access that environment and no one is available at this point to do that. That may change. Usually when I'm like, there's a gap, the universe provides when I'm specific about it. But I think I just really want to make it clear that like Zuckerberg is a centrist, you know, and like I feel I'm struggling because I'm noticing people kind of get lost in rhetoric a lot these days, like that they think Trump is a fascist. He is not a fucking fascist. He has never liked the government. He's definitely never liked the United States government ever. What he likes is relationships with people of privilege and power, you know, and that's an autocrat. That's a tyrant. There's lots of words that are accurately being used, but fascist, he's absolutely not a fucking fascist. He's not right wing. He's not conservative enough. He's not fiscally conservative. He's not socially conservative in his own behaviors and what he expects and anticipates from others. And he does not like the American government. That's why he wanted to be president. He wanted to be the boss. And the people that are wanting to be the boss right now essentially the same fucking deal. They didn't like the government as it was going to be. And so they in inserted themselves to be roadblocks on marginalized people getting anything that they need. You know, there's no way that somebody who spoke like Joe Biden did about black people and crime. There's no way that I'm interested in them having, I don't want to negotiate with what they already thought and what they've grown into thinking 
now, you know, there's other people that I can be putting my energy and attention towards. You know what I'm saying? And then people are getting all miffed with me on the internet because I'm like, no, Harris is the Nazi. Like Trump liked the Nazis liking him. And he was like, oh, what's that about? You know, but I actually kind of legit believe that he didn't know David Duke was KKK until after it became public narrative. I low key believe that I don't it's not important to me one way or the other. But because even if it was prior to and it was all kind of like staged up and he's I'm working with the KKK and I'm working with the Nazis and the neo-Nazis and these particular factions of different white supremacist groups in different ways, even if it was premeditated and strategized prior to the campaigning, um, the initial campaigning, I don't see that still. That's not fascism. That's him. That's autocrat shit. That's being a that's being a, a selfish person you know, and liking the praise and the allegiance, the power that those groups represent. And that's not to say that he's not a racist. I didn't say that. I did not say that. I said he's not a fascist, right? He does not like the state. He does not like the U.S. government. He wanted to be the governing party. And that is what he did. He changed the game and he governed all the ways possible. And he took over Twitter and he got in everybody's faces and ears. And he started that presidential alert system that he like never fucking used. He just like, let us know. I can call you anytime. I can text you wherever you are. Just, just flexing, you know, that's not fascism necessarily. That's, it's authoritarian. It's overbearing. It's uncomfortable. There's all kinds of terrible things that it is. Uh, it's invasive and violent and you know, all this stuff. Like there's, I could make a long, long list. I'm not going to continue but it's not a fascist, right? The problem with calling Trump a fascist is that it took the spotlight of fascist off of the actual fascists. Because when I say lawyer cop, lawyer cop who's jocked for the police state, right? Because like the police are tied to the state. That's, you know, like Trump might be pro-enforcement, but he's pro-enforcement of his own security. He's pro-enforcement of his own ass. You know, like that's not, that's not a general, like Harris's job was gatekeeping all over the law in the Bay Area while the area was being gentrified. And I mean, I don't need to do, I don't need to do the work on explaining what's going on with the police force and the concern I have around neo-Nazis, the KKK, other white supremacist factions, even small gangs, a gang of six white supremacists, a gang of four white supremacists, three, two is, I don't like it. You know, I'm not, I'm not real keen on it. The issue that's been happening, Anaheim is a really prime example of like a worst case scenario kind of situation in a liberal state, in a Democrat state where conservatism, where bigotry in a, in a right wingish, in a reddish, as opposed to bluish from what we understand whatevering to be. I don't know what that's about. We're going to break it down a lot in different ways to the point it's broken. Like I'm going to take it apart and I'm going to leave it in pieces. I'm not looking to put it back together <laughs> like that one, the red and blue and the dualism narrative and all of that shit. I'm just going to take it apart one piece at a time, set that piece down, walk away from the shit and back to whatever's actually important. So what is important is that these personal groups, these people who love each other, they know each other. They go to each other's birthday parties. They go to each other's baby showers. They, they best man at each other's weddings and shit. You know, their wives are friends and shit. And the, it's just mostly dudes. It's just mostly men. But there's all kinds of variety to it. There's other, there's other ways it comes. But it's not important 
enough to specify the other ways that it comes because it's too prevalent in just dudes that want to go be violent. And so they become cops because that gives them qualified immunity to go be a racist murderer. I don't know why that doesn't look like a straight throw line to centrists and, you know, people who want to be in defiance of whether or not Harris is a fascist, whether or not Biden is a fascist with the way that he's spoken about crime bills and black people. He, those are human beings he's referring to that he's refusing to see as human. As an adult, he's a grown man when he's giving these speeches. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't, and the, the time it takes to change somebody's mind on things, you can't expect somebody, well, he went to a, he went to a jail and he visited with an inmate and they talked once and, you know, did that happen? It, if it didn't, then he didn't even have an opportunity to change, you know? He didn't. Like if, it, if, he, was, if he was clean and happy and in his own environment and like somebody mentioned something, like it's not, you don't change from things like that. You don't change, like it doesn't work that way. Doesn't fucking work. And that's what expecting that kind of change is what lands us here over and over and over again in these fucking cycles. I really just hope that it works to marginalize centrists because it's possible. It's a thing. Like I can go round and round about like what's wrong with what happened, but the fact of the matter is, is all you gotta do is kind of turn your back on them and they start to like lose space because they get self-conscious and they recoil on their own. That's how shunning works. That's the math of shunning. They train horses that are difficult to train like this as well. You turn your back on the motherfucker and they stop trying to do their own thing and start trying to figure out what the fuck you're doing or what's wrong with what they're doing. So I think that it's likely that it will work. And so I'm just going to keep pushing at it and encouraging other people to do the same. And it's a very laborious process for me right now. It's been difficult because it involves me being very exposed and vulnerable I had plans, you know, on the topic personally of centrists marginalizing the marginalized off the edge of relevancy, off the edge of being even a part of the story that gets play. Specifically for episode two, that was not the way I wanted that story to be conveyed. I had plans. And a white person with a platform that's not huge, but is in the direction that I was hoping for this story to go who also happens to be exceptionally exceptionally adept at um, at holding space for me in a way that doesn't skimp on the need for detail, but also encourages moving it all along. And I, I, I wasn't in a position to be able to hold that space for myself, but I needed to move through that content to get anything else going. So I don't regret it, but I am disappointed by the fact that it had to happen that way. Yeah, and at this point, I'm, I'm just, in my, in my walk, in my life, in the way that I approach the world, I'm, I'm marginalizing centrists. Um, it's going to be my New Year's resolution, too. I'm revving up for a New Year's resolution of marginalized centrists. And part of that is letting y'all know now so you have time to meditate on whether or not you want to jump on board with the notion. But we're all going to die if we let them continue to take up this much space. They're going to slowly push everybody else off the edge and then push each other off the edge if they need to, I guess. I don't know how, I don't know how a philosophy like that works ultimately beyond individuals, you know, like 
throughout generations. Like I have no idea what the goal could possibly be except to continue breeding from the center and pushing, you know, whatever group makes sense to the margins of that. Cause eventually you render certain demographics extinct ish culturally extinct. So painful. It, pushing a group off the margins into a state of free fall and crisis and needing to recover from the impact of gravity sucking you into rock bottom and beyond. You know, it just really, it, it doesn't end there is the thing, you know, like, cause it's like in our, in our psychic bodies, in our, in our psychological bodies, if you will, like we can fall real far and then like end up in these pits. And then like, sometimes it's like, you know, we get pulled out or we climb out, we find a way out, but sometimes it's like, you cannot until something else, you know, and like, sometimes that something else will be like more painful and like a weird, unfamiliar kind of way. And then slowly you realize that that pain is like, growing into a mass of some kind that's got dimension to it. And then that starts having movement of its own that is unfamiliar and growing bigger in weird spurts. And at some point you recognize it to be wings that are like not ready to be used for flying, but holy shit, are you growing wings? What is happening behind you? I think that it's uh I think that it's a good thing to be able to like look really specifically at my suffering and be able to articulate it in the ways that I do. I like it. But it's another quality about me that keeps me kind of on the margins and probably has increased the frequency at which I've been pushed off the edge. So yeah, you know, in my personal life and in the greater social community right now, I'm feeling very pushed off the margins. In the last couple of days of November in 2020, I'm good with it, I guess. I'm working it out uh, because the ways that it's manifested have been so unfortunate and uh, and directly uh, directly traumatic into my creative capacity, into my ability to manifest with a clear mind in the direction that I would like to. I'm, I'm being directed towards oppression more than I want to be because I have other things that I'm up to. I'm being directed towards trauma more than I want to be because I have other things that I'm up to. And grief is something that I'm I'm so, I'm so unsure of how to address right now because I feel like I've been grieving my entire life, but it's not true. I've had windows of goodness recently, recently. At the, I was actually winning at 2020 up until September when Harris came back like an 80s horror movie villain to ruin my fucking life and body snatch people. It was like a, it was like a, it was like a, like a multi-genre horror movie, you know, like where it's like, Michael Myers has returned, but this time he's invasion of the body snatchers. And every time he shows up, a lot of people fall into a thrall. They disingenuous thrall. 
Yeah, you know, the body snatcher element was one thing, but then having, like, it turn into kind of a zombie thing where, like, it's almost like people were biting themselves. Like, they would see another, they would see a zombie. They'd be a perfectly fine person. They would see a zombie, and then they'd bite themselves and turn into a zombie somehow. And that was alarming. And it was like a, you know, it was like not what I would expect from a horror movie. And instead of being like, this movie doesn't make any sense. I can just turn it off. I was like living in it and it was my real life. You know, I think the scariest thing for me was having people need to celebrate the demise of Trump at the expense of uh like they're not even willing to address the issues you know like they're not they won't you know it's like a long list of at the expense of like liberty i could summarize it <laughs> i could summarize it into that um and that's unfortunate because that makes me sound like a like a QAnon don't tread on me bitch you know and like uh i guess fine <laughs> i don't know you know like jesus christ um but yeah, I know what I'm not down for is like lawyer cops that are pretending to advocate on behalf of the people that they directly harmed. What the fuck? I'm not down for a person that gets up and and jokes about smoking weed after having incarcerated people, even one person. Could you imagine? Could you imagine you do something? And then you see somebody else doing that thing and you don't necessarily grab them physically yourself, put cuffs on them, put them in a box and take the cuffs off and lock the box and leave them in there and feed them and let them have some sun and water, shower them at times, you know, like let them have a visitor occasionally on some kind of rigid schedule that changes depending on what resources are fucking available. Give me a break. Y'all, you know, like, and the thing is too, is like for like people that are feeling what I'm feeling, people that are vibing what I'm vibing, like we got to just get more like comfortable with the fact that we're right and they're wrong and that we don't need to fight with them about it. We need to blow them the fuck off. And eventually the ones that want to not be thinking like that will come back one at a time, you know, like the, so here's the thing that I worry about with like the Democrats and then quote unquote progressives or like the radical whatevers that voted for Harris. Like I can't even with y'all occupy people that voted for Harris. I understand occupy people that were into enforced masks. I do not understand occupy people that voted for Harris who was working in San Francisco when we were getting fucked with. Like that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't fucking make any sense. You know, and I guess I need to double check and make sure my timeline is correct on her career transitions. I don't remember what year she left the DA's office, but I'm pretty sure she was still the DA of San Francisco when Occupy was occurring. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I need to look into that again. Um, regardless, it's like, I mean, so far, nobody's checked me on it. I've been talking about it for a couple of years. Nobody's checked me on that she wasn't in the city in 2011. Um, and for me, I was in Occupy Oakland, and Occupy SF and Occupy Oakland were in close relationship, and so was the OPD and the SFPD. In fact, most of the times when OPD was tear gassing the shit out of us towards the end of things, they would call in SF. So... Um, 
I'm confounded about the rhetoric issues and I'm kind of sick of being pulled into justifying myself when people are spending a lot of energy giving their attention to talking heads on like CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what they're saying that's so important, I guess. I'm wondering what anybody's getting out of that. And they watch it for like hours and it's like a bunch of jacking off. It's a bunch of nothing. So I, like my encouragement is for people to kind of reevaluate the ways they've been training themselves to consume media, the ways that they've been trained to consume media, because media trains us to consume it certain ways. And uh, when you change your directive, I mean, it's, it's kind of easy for me because I, I, I move through different modes um, and I appreciate a lot of different kinds of things. And so I'll recognize that the combinations of things that I'm doing will influence me in ways that I, I like and didn't anticipate. And some, sometimes in ways I don't like and didn't anticipate. Sometimes I do anticipate it and I'm not mindfully employing it. Uh, but then there's times because I recognize all of those states that I can be in, depending on what I'm, what I'm feeding my brain, I, I can kind of mindfully employ s- certain things when I'm in a good enough space to do so. Um, lately, I have been very overwhelmed and tired, and I cannot juggle anything, hardly at all. Yeah, I think, I think it's like it's time for a roundup, but I'm not sure who needs to do the rounding up. I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to casually center myself. I feel like even the phrasing of marginalized centrists centers centrists too much right like it's unintentionally and intentionally ironic yeah I'm just putting myself in the middle as much as I feel safe to do so and want to in the formats that I want to and some of it is carving out a literal brand new kind of path in a few ways which is something that I'm used to trailblazing is not unfamiliar to me as a matter of fact the crazy people that raised me. I was in cults. One of the weirdest, most intense kind of doctrines was about trailblazing and being a burning fire for Christ. But I'm a burning fire for healing. I'm a burning fire for healing the marginalized and centering the marginalized and making us not marginalized anymore. I'm done. I would like to be able to retire that term and be like, ah, yes, Back when I was a marginalized person, be alumni of being marginalized, you know? And actually, it's weird that I say it like that, because when I said it, it almost felt like it's possible. I was being a little facetious when I started that line of thinking, but uh, yeah, back when, back when people were marginalizing, you know, it was different and just kind of rarely need to dip into that to make some kind of point at random times, but I would love, I would love a life that isn't marginalizing. And like, I think my job is to just fight it, like not resist it, not like wait for it to show up and then defend against it to attack it anytime I want, any way I want and deal with whatever fallout comes from that. Um, and by attack it, Like, I literally mean just talking, just saying 
where I'm at, what I think, what I want, and what I'm willing to do to make that happen. Because the things that I'm into are like helping people who can't get help other ways. You know, folks who are in despair because of a, a need that can be met. And I like meeting needs and I like finding solutions to meeting needs. And I don't really have a limit to that other than I'm at a no mercy, no quarter point with liberals and bigots. That's it, you know? And that's not to say that I'll do anything to them. I just probably won't try to heal them. <laughs> Maybe. I might. I might. But that would depend on circumstances. And realistically, I probably just won't. I'll just walk away and do something that's worth my time. Leave that to God. The great organizing dynamic. The great orchestrating dynamic. That's the episode. That's what I got. We're marginalizing centrists and we're doing it all the time and we're doing it by just showing up and existing and acknowledging each other and encouraging each other to improve and find like good grooves, you know, like sometimes it's hard for people to know like where their groove's at. And so when you see them doing their thing and expressing, you just adjust them a little bit and oh shit, they're in their groove. There they go. There they go. Right. So I don't know. I'm into accountability. I really go out of my way to seek it out. Like I kind of get why other people don't now. I it used to frustrate me that other people didn't. I was like, what the fuck? This is so useful. You know, um, this is so good for me. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know what I'm doing. Like, um, but yeah, I love accountability and I like, but it's gotta be real accountability. You know, it's, I don't like, uh, unanalytical criticism, you know, like if people are not willing to absorb all the relevant details before they start regurgitating nonsense, that frustrates the shit out of me to no end. But when somebody has an articulated concept that they pump out, it's like, yeah, you know, please do redirect me because I sometimes am moving really fast. So if I'm about to run myself off the edge, please stop me. I have plenty of centrists to marginalize me off the edge. I have plenty of centrist-esque people, pseudo-centrists, to marginalize me off the edge. And pseudo-centrists are people who like, like you've just always had good medical insurance. That's a pseudo-centrist, a centrist-esque person. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just somebody who's had their needs met. Somebody who uh, went to public school for their entire educational career, then went right into college, community, or otherwise, um, you know, maybe took a year off, maybe two, and then got right back on track, which, you know, the year or two off, still pretty much on a track of some kind for the most part. So the thing is, is when people experience that kind of trajectory, they often end up in positions of comfort that they're afraid to lose, even though it won't go anywhere. It won't go anywhere. You still have your house. We will still have power. We, everybody likes technology. You know what I'm saying? Everybody likes moving around fast and with limited resources, not being like, you know, like cashed in on having to having to walk or ride an animal. You know what I'm saying? Have like a cart kind of shit. Like we like cars. We like cell phones. Like people like that shit. So I'm not sure if like 
I'm not sure what the fear of folks who are worried about like making sure needs are met, you know, and that people aren't getting poisoned. I'm not sure what, what's the purpose of letting an entire community live off of toxic water, bathe in lead and shit. What's the purpose of just allowing that, you know, cause there's people that are going to exist in the world and like have a lot of time to spend figuring out what kind of shit they want to do with their lead head, you know? And like, I don't mean to be facetious about it, but I am, I am actually kind of just like, I'm so desensitized and numb to the notion of it. And maybe, maybe the problem is, is that, you know, it's, it's people that are exposed to lead doing a lot of the decision-making. Cause I, I was reading myself. I was like, so what of it with the guns? Like, is it like, how much does ammo exposure, like, you know, provide opportunity for lead toxicity? And, uh, the answer is a lot. It's a lot. Um, it's bad. Uh, and you can, there's precautions that can be taken, but it's not a great thing to be like, you know, kind of routinely firing guns without having proper protective gear. And I like proper protective gear would be, you know, not inhaling gunpowder residue, you know, and not getting it on your skin. And so, uh, yeah, it just is like, I'm thinking a lot about the poisons that we employ in our hobbies, tools, comforts. You know, I'm not necessarily convinced that like cell phones are that great. Like, to ha I mean, like there's things about them that are not great. I keep my cell phone in my pocket. I think it's hot. Like, it's like, it's a whole fucking data brick that I'm walking around with all the time. That's got all these ports that go in and out of it that the data can leak out of or be suctioned out of by other systems, you know? And like, then I'm connected to the internet and I'm constantly logging into things different ways and, you know, all of that. It's just like it's maddening a little bit. Like I'm talking about it, like it's, you know, it's functionally it's thing, but the way that it's affected my brain's ability to process its own stuff. And then the access to communication, the instant gratifications, like that all plays into the ways that I'm able to just even love anybody or like, even like approach my community or approach my, you know, my, anybody, my friends, my family, anybody at all. And so I just think about the ways that we're kind of poisoning ourselves in order to make ourselves comfortable. I think I'm not very thrilled by the notion of addiction. I think it's a boring concept that people spend too much time focusing on because I see it everywhere. I see it in non-substances, quote unquote. But then when I say it like that, I'm like, but this table's a substance and my phone is a substance. And like, I was saying that the other day to somebody and he was like, yeah, I bet if you ate that table, it would make you feel real weird. And like, that's a good phrasing of that because it kind of indicates that it's going to make you high but it's just going to make you feel uh, real weird splinters. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm sensitive about rhetoric and specificity or more like, you know, not applying something inaccurately. Like that's, that's the concern I have mostly. I think I'm done yapping about it. I think that I'm already seeing centrists be marginalized and I was alarmed at how many people that had the power to pull vibes of support from the margins back to the centrists and show themselves to be inherently centrist in the act of doing that. That was really unsettling 
it was a carpet being dragged out from under my feet. Um, it was alarming. So I think that, uh, I think that, uh, I'd like to once again, declare a clear call to action to marginalized centrists. And if any centrists are listening, get back to marginalizing yourselves. Cause if you're listening and you've been centrist lately, then you're like kind of an on the fancy type. And what's funny is I really, I, my favorite Jesus, my favorite Jesus of all the Jesuses, like I really like me the table flipping whip slinging Jesus. I'm into that one. When it came in the temple and was like, bankers be gone. Love that one. The other Jesus I'm a big fan of is the Jesus that hates a lukewarm motherfucker. He does not like a fence riding bitch. Pick one side or the other. Who are you so I know what to say to you? What the fuck? Don't be flipping back and forth or unsure about a this or that. Because a this is a this and a that is a that. Figure it out. Right? And I, for, for a person that be saying some shit like that, understand most of the places we employ binary in society are fallacy. Most of the places that we discuss it. Like the way that we ask people, how are you? Are you well? Like, I hope you're well. Like you're either well or you're not. <laughs> like that's a gradient. And it's unfair to bring that in 2020 of all times. I can't believe we're still doing that. Um, you know. How are you is such an aggressively violent question, too, depending on what people are going through. It's like, well, what kind of an answer do you even want? Like, I feel like we need to be able to disclaim our how are you's with like, you know, like a, a simple how are you is is like standard. But then it should become pretty common to expect like a how are you really if you care to say, you know, something like that. Uh I just don't know. I don't know how are we going to be authentic in this world that demands manners and politeness. I fucking hate manners and politeness. So once again, declaring clear call to action, marginalized centrist. That can look like having no manners one day. That can. Having the manners that you see fit to have, right? And yeah, centrists can push back all they want, but they're already doing it as hard as they can. It's not much more they can do. Yep. Anyway, let's disappear them. I have an amendment for something that I said. I was talking about Harris being the DA during Occupy. She left that position at the beginning of 2011 and Occupy was in the fall of 2011. So she was not in that position. However, it's a good moment in how I handle when I'm not sure about something where I didn't quite say that one all the way with my chest, also, my primary point isn't that Harris was in the city during Occupy. It's that, you know, if the timeline were staggered slightly, it would have been her job to fuck up our comrades, you know? Like, it doesn't really change my point at all, except for people that want to be dismissive and obnoxious. We'd like to thank our patrons on Patreon and everyone who's bought our merchandise on TeePublic. Find the links to all that stuff and our social links on goodmorningmayberry.com. We've got closed captioned episodes on YouTube. Subscribe, listen, and rate us on all the podcast spots. If you're wondering who we are, we is me and my demons. And you can join the Legion by following our Tumblr, Twitter, or Instagram, jumping on the Patreon, 
Or just buying one of our shirts and wearing that around, drinking the tears of whoever you like the least uh, out of one of our mugs. And uh, coming back and checking out the next episode. I'm Shift. And always remember to never forget. If you like marginalizing centrists, one great way to do that is by centering the marginalized with your dollars. And you can do that on our website, goodmorningmayberry.com. You can buy official podcast merchandise, give a one-time donation, or become a monthly sponsor on our Patreon. And you can tip me, Shift Orion, your absolutely unapologetic host.